The Swain Event Podcast is brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. There are over 100 million pieces of litter on our beautiful Tennessee roadways, and TDOT spends $19 million a year picking it up. Join the Nobody Trashes Tennessee movement at nobodytrashestennessee.com. Brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. Guys, I was on uh, Twitter a couple days ago, just, just strolling, strolling along, scrolling, strolling, whatever, however you want to say it. Just checking out what was going on around the SEC, see what I missed in the world of sports, um, get some advice on what political take I wanted to take in and, and, and decide which party I was going to join based on the, tweet, the tweets. <laughs> you know, but I was you know I was on Twitter and I just I just saw a couple of trending topics and one was about Auburn and Brian Harson and well you know at the top of my trending. Topics, it says Harson. And then there's a tweet from Chris Lowe, CeeLo ESPN, his future as Auburn's football coach in limbo. Harson tells ESPN, I didn't come here to fail. We are joined by Chris Lowe of ESPN. CeeLo, good morning. What's up, guys? So you were browsing the internet, what you were doing. I was right? I was browsing Twitter and I was looking for, you know, I was lost. You know, I didn't know what side politically I should, should should side with so I was trying to get on Twitter to get some direction um, yeah well, well two things two things Jason first of all if you saw it on Twitter it had to be true it had to be okay. true okay two secondly I get all my political leanings and all my uh, political advice and from Twitter because that's where, that's where again, you go. everything is everybody's so kind and, and so open-minded and that's where you go yeah that's 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 Twitter in a nutshell, right? That's 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 what I was doing, and I just I was blindsided by the great reporting from you <laughs> on Auburn, and you know you talked to Brian Harson, and um, you know one of the, the the quotes that stood out to me was when he said, you know, you hire a football coach, you let him do his job, and to me that was aimed directly at the boosters and the donors, and we've known that they have been involved. Uh, a little too much. What, like, where are we right now? The latest is Auburn adjusted some policies and procedures a couple days ago or a day ago to basically have a reason to fire Brian Harson for cause if he does not want to cooperate with the investigation side of the the program, the internal investigation. Like, what, where are we right now with that whole situation? He met with Auburn last night. It was, I think it was a lengthy meeting with uh, officials. And, you know, Auburn's part of the firm to assist. So I think his meeting last night, Jason, was, was just more part of the inquiry that has been going on now for weeks. Uh, I'm told he's he's still expected to be at the uh, – you know, the SEC has its head coaches meeting today in Birmingham this morning. Actually, I think it's 11 a.m. Eastern. And I'm told he is supposed to be there. So uh, the, the staff, the Auburn staff, has had this week off. They're not expected to be back in the office until Monday. This thing um, is, you know, one way or the other is going to come to a head probably by the night tomorrow. But just the whole idea of Harson walking into the league offices after everything that's going on and an ongoing inquiry as an Auburn's head coach is, uh, is insanity at its highest level. That, that Auburn would even let it get to this level. And your head football coach has been cut off at the knees 
to recruit, to coach, and, and yet here he is. I mean, they clearly they've tried to find cause to fire him, and I don't think they have. I don't think they've got. I mean, you know, you, there's all sorts of stuff out there, and I think a lot of it is legit in what they've been asking. I don't know that it's, you know, I guess it depends on what side you're on about relationships and treatment of coaches and players and a divide, disconnect, all these things. Which in today's world, I mean, to be honest, coaches, you know, the way you treat players and the way you talk to them, it's a different world than it was when than I was playing ball. Heck, when you, than when you were playing ball. Um, so that's certainly been a part of this inquiry. But I just don't think they found anything, Swain, that would rise to the level of firing the guy for cause. And oh, by the way, he's owed $18.3 million. That's what he's owed. They paid Gus 21.4. Arson's owed 18.3. So, you know, I think it's probably back in the money people's laps. All right, if you want this guy gone, genuinely want him gone, then we're going to have to come out of the pocket. Do you think there's a, a, a legitimate shot that, um, Aubrey can avoid paying that buyout. I mean, I guess there's always a chance that they could settle somewhere if you know Brian and his his attorneys just don't have the appetite to fight this thing. Uh, but I, you know, from my information and talking to you know some people close to him and talking to him, uh, no secrets, I did talk to him. Um, I don't think they really. When I last talked to him, there was any hesitation to not dig their heels in and say, listen, if you're going to fire us, you know, if, you, if you're going to move on, then we're not taking less than we're owed. Sometimes that changes. You know, once you get out there and once you go through an inquiry, you see what they have on you. And do you want to go through it? Do you want to put your family through that? Is it, you know, do you have the stomach to do it? Because those things usually get nasty on both sides. Just like the, the Pruitt, Tennessee thing is, you know, where that ends up, I don't know. I mean, Tennessee says they're not going to pay him, but ultimately do they end up paying him some money as, as somebody close to the Tennessee situation said and probably applies to this Auburn situation. You know, when you get in the you know, two, bit, two pigs or two hogs, and I'm not saying anybody's a pig or a hog, um, start rolling around in the mud, flopping around, and, you know, both come out pretty dirty. You know, it's, it's not a not like anybody comes out completely clean in these things when you go to court and you start doing you know depositions and things get out there so uh, that's where we are so i guess we'll find out it's going to be a circus in birmingham today because i know we, we've got people there there'll be a lot of media there parsons indeed there um, they're already sort of going to be pretty interesting swing with jimbo and lane and saban all sort of <laughs> going as a was it last week about NIL and paying people and free agency? And so that, that oh, coach's room, I'm sure you and Ben have bugged that room, right? So we yes. can sort of hear firsthand. Oh, I wish. When I placed the video, I placed the video because I'm curious to see if the other SEC coaches, do they bring in Brian Harson for a hug or do they kind of stand in the corner and look at him with a side eye and snicker at him? I think it's the first one. I bet you if their coach is quoted, which I'm, I don't know. I've never been to that head coach. Usually it's, it's, well, it's not a public event or anything, but you know, coaches tend to sort of empathize with each other. And when someone's in trouble, 
I mean, you guys see it all the time. You know, it's, it's ridiculous that this guy would be going through this. You know, shame on the fans, not the fans, but the boosters, the powers that be, that they put this guy and his family through this because they're all coaches, so they all sort of think alike. Uh, and let's be honest, I mean, when, when you see one coach sort of saying, this guy's done a good job, give him a chance, well, that's probably not the best endorsement for that coach. Because that's sort of saying, well, you know, we think we can out-recruit him. We have out-recruited him. We think we can beat him on the field. Go ahead and bring him back. You know, so I think anytime a fan base hears Nick Saban or Jimbo Fisher or Kirby Smart saying, you know, they'd be crazy not to bring this guy back. He's done a heck of a job. Give him more than just one year. Well, that's, that's like the that's the, the, the complete antithesis of what an endorsement is supposed to be. That's a sign that you need to move on. If if you are that school and other coaches are, are, are saying that. I've got a two-parter for you, CeeLo. A, at this point, what benefit, uh, aside from the buyout, I guess, would there be in bringing Brian Harson back? I mean, you, you said it. They've cut him off at the knees. I mean, he's not going to be able to recruit over the next several months before they fire him, which they will do at the end of this upcoming season, even if they hold on to him now. So what's the purpose of bringing him back now and then why would any I, I know Auburn has the resources to to go out and, and win but why would any head coach want to walk into that or, or an AD because it's no secret that Alan Green is, is looking for another job as well yeah well first of all Alan Green's not part of this at all he's completely out of the loop has been ever since he hired Brian Harson. so wow which is crazy he's, yeah he's he's been looking for a job for a while and will not be there I mean I think his contract's good for another 10 months now, will he make 10 months? I don't know, but I can promise you this. If he does, he won't be back after 10 months. Um, if you look at the program holistically, if you look at it just holistically from a program standpoint, uh, Ben, it's, I don't see any benefit in bringing it back. Because you said it. I mean, they, they already went this past February signing day and didn't sign a player. How are you going to recruit over the next several months as you build up to December signing day? I mean, are you, are you going to want to go play for a coach that is, is sort of a quote-unquote dead man walking? Uh, and that's not to say that, you know, Brian will come back there and they won't have a better year this year. I mean, he's a pretty resolute guy. He's not, you know, he's a good football coach. He didn't just forget how to coach. Now, can he get it done in the SEC recruiting and coaching? I mean, I don't think we can say yay or nay on that. He's only been there one year. It was a bad year. They, they sort of the bottom fell out toward the end of the year, but recruiting, I think, was always going to be a challenge for him as he sort of made that transition to recruiting in the SEC. So, no, I don't, you know, and this is not a indictment on Brian, it's just whoever you were as a coach, and, and this had gone on, and this inquiry had gone on, it's out there publicly, you got players, some supporting him, some saying he was, you know, a bad guy and didn't know how to relate, culturally had an issue with some kids. Uh, no, I don't. I don't know how you bring him back. You know, he's got. He hasn't had anybody administratively to support him. They had a rally for him, and I think 24 people showed up there at Toomer's Corner in Auburn. So, 24. You know, I think the longer this goes on, though, I think he, he has drummed up more sympathy, support from fans to see sort of how this has played out, but. Um, I mean, you tell me. I I don't see 
how long it would help the program to bring him back. Because if they have another bad recruiting year, which I would say they will, they will anyway. Um, and you have a couple in a row in the SEC. That's that's. I mean, look at Tennessee. How long does that set a program back? If you have two bad recruiting years in a row. And oh, by the way, like Tennessee, you're having to play Georgia and Alabama every year. See, that's the thing I think that sticks in the craw of all the people, the, the money people, is they know what it looks like to have the kind of ball team that it takes to beat Alabama and Georgia because they've done it. Mm-hmm. I mean, for all the dysfunction there over the last whatever. Yeah. Best success I mean, against them. Three times in the last 12 years, this is a program that's won a national title. It's played for a second national title, and a third time lost in the SEC championship game. Had they won at 17, they would have potentially had a chance to play for another national title in the playoffs. So you know it could be done there at a high level. And it's not like this has happened 15, 20, 25 years ago. This is really in the last decade. So those teams beat Georgia and beat Alabama on a recruiting trail as much as they beat them. Well, that hasn't happened in the last couple of years. Certainly didn't happen in this last recruiting cycle. And I think that's the thing that really gets to, you know, the Auburn power brokers. Guys, I, I, somebody told me this, and I'd have to look it up. I don't know that Auburn beat Georgia on one single player this past year in the state of Georgia that Georgia really wanted. Well, it sounds like the boosters got to do a better job then. <laughs> I mean, they, they blaming Harson. They need to be blaming themselves too. Well, maybe. Hey, maybe they need to come up and take lessons from you on how to set up all these NIL deals. Yeah, I'm, I am learning too. I don't. I don't know how to do that. But why would anybody want to touch that job, Chris? I mean, again, I know they've got all the resources to, to win, but I mean, since Pat died, what coach hasn't had to, to, to deal with drama that Auburn inflicted on its on itself? No, it's you know it's it's a it's toxic. It's a, it's a snake pit. But you know, again, coaches want to go where they think they can win a championship. Coaches all think they're the ones that can go in and change the culture and do their own thing. Alabama was the same way until Nicholas Lou Saban walked in there. I mean, you talk about cooks in the kitchen. They were everywhere in Tuscaloosa, Texas, same way. I mean, go talk to Charlie Strong. Trust me, I have. There are cooks in the kitchen everywhere in Texas, but people still want to keep going there because it's Texas. And you talk about there's money. Well, there's three groups of money. There's big money. There's Jason Swain Hollywood money. And then there's Texas money. And when you have those kind of resources and it works both ways, guys want to go there. But you're right. I mean, they, coaches have all had issues there. But Tommy Tover, look at all the coaches you named. Gene Chizik won a national title. Gus Malzahn played for a national title. Potentially had a chance to play for another. Tommy Tuberville had an unbeaten season. An unbeaten season. What was that, 04? Yeah, it was 04. And didn't get a chance to play for the national title because that was pre-playoff. Week schedule. So that's three different coaches. I guess the last three coaches, right, at Auburn, have either won a title, played for a national title, or had an unbeaten season. So, so that's what in the last seventeen years. And and yet, how many, school, despite, how many schools in the SEC can say that's that they've had that kind of success? You're you're right, but despite that, there there's been drama, 
with with mm-hmm. Tuberville. There, there's been drama with with Chizik. There's been drama with with Gus and like Harson. I mean, it, it kind of feels like career suicide for him taking the Auburn job because it it doesn't seem like he'll ever be able to bounce back from everything that's happened. Yeah, they. I agree with that. I mean, if you're Brian Harson, it's like, you know, where, where do you go from here now? He's too good a coach. He's going to get a shot somewhere uh, if this thing does indeed go south, which I'm like you guys. I don't see how, whether it's right now or this coming December, he's going to be there long term. Plus, their schedule's pretty hard this year. I mean, they got to play Bama and Georgia both on the road. Uh, but he, he can go somewhere else. Somewhere else will maybe a different part of the country and, and be successful again as a coach. You know, when I was, I was out there and spent some time with him in like, I guess it was 15, right after he took over for Peterson. In fact, it was the, it was the year that they played Washington, the first game of the year. Peterson came back to Boise and Boise actually won that game uh, and stayed over and spent some time with him. I mean, he's a, as I said earlier, he's a pretty resolute dude, man. He's, he's not a guy that's um, easily scared away or, you know, he ain't going to back down from a lot of stuff. So he'll get a shot somewhere else, and, and I would think he would do well. Liberty? <laughs> Just Swap. trade, right? You freeze Swap. for, for Harson. Swap it out. Uh, I uh, I did think, though, when he got there, that was a bit of a an odd fit, man. Just It's hard to recruit in the league. It just – I mean, David Cutcliffe, I know I've repeated this before. He, he always refers to recruiting in the SEC – is jumping into that octagon, and th- and that's what it's like. And, it, and and it's an octagon that has, you know, different little nuances about it. That if you haven't sort of navigated that octagon before, it takes a while. And and that's I think when he came to Auburn, that's the one thing that I thought about. You know, how long is it going to take him to really sort of become accustomed and, and being able to hire staff too that can recruit the SEC. And that's the other thing that's critical. I wonder if they're going to discuss at SEC meetings the fact that they have this rule that states if, if a player wants to transfer inside of the conference, he has to make his attentions known by February the 1st. But then you have Auburn that may be uh, looking for a new head coach, and then all those players, if they were to leave and enter the portal, they would have to go outside of the, of, of the SEC because when they when this rule was, was, was made, I don't think they imagined that a SEC team will be firing their coach the week of February the 10th. So do you think, Chris, that they will give an exception this year for this time? Because, you know, if Auburn fires their coach, what if those players wouldn't go somewhere else inside of the conference? You would think there's got to be some type of concession, some type of uh, appeals process. that If this type of thing happens and a kid wants to leave, and go, you know, he's got a chance to go, say, from Auburn to Arkansas or to Tennessee. That he should have the ability to do that. If if there's a sudden change like this, and head coach, you know, if head coach leaves for another job, if he decides he wants to retire, if there's some type of scandal, and, and there's a head coach that changes, and then I would think there's there's got to be a pathway swing that that kid gets to go somewhere else in the conference if he if he so chooses. Now, you know, these these Roles are typically made above coaches' heads. Coaches can recommend those type of roles all day long, or or fight them. And the presidents are usually the one that uh, that have the final say. So, 
you know, we'll see. I, I can remember lots of things that the coaches were in favor of or endorsed, never got passed. So, but it just seems like with the way college football has changed and the players have become more empowered and there's more freedom, whether it's NIL, whether it's transfer portal, their voices are probably, well, no probably to it. They're heard more than ever. That there would be some type of common sense on a kid getting a chance to go somewhere else if this happens. Just like I think the portal, there's got to be some common sense on, and I'm not saying there needs to be strict regulation, but some some type of tweak to where, you know, it's not just complete and utter free agency. I, what was it? I saw the number the other day of how many Power 5 kids are in the portal. Um, is, it, gosh, it, is it over 2,000? Or... Yeah. I think, yeah, I think maybe even, I don't want to throw a number out because I'll be wrong, but it was maybe somewhere in that range. How many of those kids will just get completely left out? Most of them. Well, most of them will be put in a position where they can't go to, uh, you know, power five. I mean. You know, the thing I hate, too, is I say I hate, maybe it's just the old conversion coming out of me, is, is, is a guy that's, you know, if, let's, let's use Hendon Hooker last year, for instance. Because he'd already transferred, so I don't know if he's a good example. But, you know, a, a kid who, who is young and, and has been very promising, um, at quarterback, and like Caleb Lee. And he says, you know what? I'm going to the transfer portal. And just like, I mean, I covered the NFL way back, and it was unrestricted free agency. And you make, you visit, you know, this outside linebacker went to Seattle this day, and then he went to visit, you know, the LA Rams the next day, and then the Chicago Bears, you know, the next week. That's sort of what it's become, you know, and I, so there's got to be some way, and, and I, I think a kid ought to be able to go somewhere else if he wants to, if that is the best thing for him. But, and, and the same with NIL, because the NIL is all tied into that, right? I mean, if you're Caleb Williams, and hey, you take advantage of the rules the way they are. I would too. Mm-hmm. You go to Oklahoma, you go to USC, you go to Alabama, you go to Ohio State, and you say, all right, what kind of deals can you guys set up for me? You know, because Oklahoma, I mean, USC says they've got a, a $1.5 million car deal. I get a new car. My dad gets a new car. Uh, I get to make appearances and, and get paid an extra ten grand for every appearance. And Ohio State says they can hook me up with um, whatever. You know, that they're going to give me my own clothing line and, you know, and I make appearances and go to the store, I get suits. <laughs> I mean, is that, is that sort of where we are? Is that what, I hate to sound like make statement, is that what we want it to be? Uh, if that's what it is, that's what it is. But make no mistake, then it changes forever, okay? And it becomes, that becomes a huge part of recruiting. And the NCAA is crazy if they think that this is not or never was going to be part of the recruiting game. It absolutely is, and it's only going to become more so. So is there a way to sort of do something to, you know, to regulate that a little bit? If not, let's just call it what it is. It's, it's minor league football, and I've said this for a long time, Swain. I think a kid, and I understand just like kids going to the transfer portal, guys are going to make mistakes, but if – and I'll use the kid from here in Powell that went to Texas a 
And I'm not saying this kid's going to be a 10-year All-Pro, but obviously he's a big, strong kid who can move uh, that a lot of people wanted. But if a kid like that, or let's use Jadavian Clowney when he was coming out of high school at Rock Hill. I saw that kid play. He, he looked like a he looked like a Godzilla out there on the field with little miniature ants. He was just so much bigger, <laughs> faster, and stronger. But if that kid wants to go straight to the NFL and thinks he's good enough physically, emotionally, mentally, then he ought to have the opportunity to do that. And I understand that's an NFL rule, not an NCAA rule. But see, I think that's the other rule that they need to look at. That those kids ought to have the opportunity, because I think that's that sort of helps solve some of these things that we're talking about right now. Let that guy go straight to the NFL if he wants to. Chris, how glorious is it for Tennessee that things in Knoxville right now surrounding the football program are so quiet and so boring, and the only real conversation going on right now is – how how high should Hendon Hooker's Heisman odds be? <laughs> so you guys are you guys are starting the Hendon Hooker for Heisman campaign. Is that what you're telling me? Yep, we've already got T-shirts printed. <laughs> there should be one. There should be one. <laughs> how, how, I'm not even going to say it. <laughs> could you could you imagine Hendon Hooker winning the Heisman and Peyton Manning not? That that would be pretty wild. <laughs> Maybe that would be karma for Tennessee. You know. Maybe that would, that would be, be, that would be uh, the, the Heisman version of karma for the Vols. Which is I never, the best. The best part about him winning the Heisman is, is that would mean that he he led the Vols to what ten and two, eleven and one, and an appearance in Atlanta. No, I, I I I think you're right on there, Ben. I think probably even eleven and one. I don't I'm, listen. Hendon had 30, 30 something uh, touchdowns last no, year. Great year. I mean, Peyton, Peyton's last year he had 36 touchdowns and uh, 11 interceptions. I mean, his yep. impact, we you know, was clear. He had a great, no question, he had a great year. It's just Peyton was such a front runner. Yeah, he was. You know, everybody just sort of before the season felt like it was. I mean, that's probably Peyton Manning Heisman Trophy. These parts is probably not a good topic. To yeah, let's, try. yeah, that's probably. Good um, I. Uh, no, I think you're right, though. I think if he, if he legitimately is in a Heisman Trophy running in November, then that means the Vols are having a pretty darn good season. Uh, but I uh, I never thought I'd see. Maybe it's because, you know, sort of viewing things with a little bit of a, a Tennessee slant because I went to school there and lived here for 20-some years. I never thought that I'd see a, a more dysfunctional stretch of things and what happened during the whole Shiano debacle and the coach search, Curry getting fired, you know, people painting horrible things on the rock and, you know, people marching and state legislators getting involved and, you know, and you go back to Conzo Martin, he's leading Tennessee to the Sweet 16 and people are circulating petitions to bring back Bruce Pearl. So, yeah, I, I agree with you, man. It's, it's sort of I mean, I don't wish misery on anybody, but it's a little bit refreshing that it's not Tennessee that's in the middle of all this, you know. And and really, I give credit to to Danny White, to Josh Heupel, and to Tony Latello, and Rick Barnes, and Kelly Harper. I mean, the product on the field the last you know year or so has been pretty good, pretty consistent across the board. You know, there hasn't been off the field drama. And I'm not talking about 
the Jeremy Pruitt fiasco and the NCAA issues, but that was before this regime came in. But it's really been pretty quiet off the field, and it's been a lot of good play and a lot of good stories across the board. I mean, what Tony Vitello and the baseball team did last year, I think that did more to sort of pick up Tennessee and really sort of help Tennessee fans and the university and the community really start to feel good about themselves, much like when Barnes took that team to number one in the country for so many weeks in a row, and then sort of Josh Heupel, given in that staff and the team, given Tennessee fans a reason to believe that, you know what, we at least have a chance to be relevant again in football. You know, I know seven wins is not the goal, but they were fun to watch play. They were in games against teams that were more talented than they were. Uh, so I think the last year, really, going all the way back to, you know, what Vitello did, the basketball team this year, I think, got a chance to play their best basketball down the stretch under Rick Barnes. Is, um, it's been a breath of fresh air. I like to hear, I like I like to hear you sound like it sounded like a VFL, Chris. I like <laughs> it sounds great. Listen, man. I got a lot of money invested over there. You know, you, you'll get them. The Swain girls are all getting ready to go to college. And you get those, you get those tuition bills, Swain. Then you'll you'll become even more of a VFL when you start handing over all that cash you got stashed away in your backyard to the university. You know, when you when you got, uh, as they say in the South, youngins going to school there, it uh, that orange blood even starts to gush even more. That's right. Right, man. You think Tony Vitello goes sixty and zero on his way to Omaha this year? Could <laughs> <laughs> be a lot of expectations after what they did last year. I mean, I, I don't know, man. They were, they had such a dramatic season. How many games did they win that just were unbelievable? I mean, the, the, the kind of thing you see maybe a couple times in a career. I mean, yep. they had those things, Ben. I mean, you, you you did a great job. You did a great job. Um, covering that team last year, but and that was as exciting a season as I think I've ever been around in these sports. But I like the guys he's brought in. I like the the additions and I hate to hear the news about Blade and, and the and the arm issues. I hope he can get back to be effective for them in the SEC season. But the boy, I sure look forward to it. Put it this way, man, it's been a long time since the Tennessee fan base has been this excited about Tennessee baseball. They we, just got, can, you know what? The one thing I would say, honestly, you know, you know I never like to be negative. They got to work on the managerial staff. I think the managerial staff on that team has a long ways to go. <laughs> and I'm talking about, I'm not talking about the coaching staff. I'm talking about the managerial staff. I agree, man. I you know, this one, this one, this one, guys on that on that staff with a bad last name. I and well, I I, I think it's a, a result of a. Uh, of their upbringing. I mean, I, I don't know that there's much guidance. I don't think so. They're growing up. Chris, can, can you start speaking of petitions? Can you please, cause I know you got a ton of pool over there. Can, can you please start a petition or, or get in the works for, for frat row to just be completely wiped out? Let, let's move all the frat boys somewhere else. Like we did with the sororities a couple years ago, tear down Lindsey Nelson and bam, a brand new spanking stadium for Tony Vitello, right? Right. With the frat boys, used to be well i mean you know first of all i would say that's that is the only really negative is that they haven't really come up with a 
a firm plan to, to, to address that stadium situation. For, for full disclosure, you know, because I know people are going to come away from the show and say, well, that's a lot of beating up on our managers. You know, I'm very proud of my middle son, Adam Lowe, who's the head student manager of Vitello, and I'm <laughs> forever indebted for what Tony and that staff have done and the way he's drawn there in that program. It's just been a godsend. So, I mean, that sincerely. But, no, I, man, I wish they could come up with some type of plan and figure out a way to, to get that stadium build a new one, get it up to speed, just somewhere close to what they're facing. Opposition in the SEC. I mean, you, you guys have been to You've seen what Mississippi State Stadium looks like and Florida's brand new. I mean, Kentucky spent $50 million on its baseball stadium. So let, let's, let's get that thing right. Tony's going to build it. He has built it. But you give him some real sword to go to a sword fight, not these plastic knives that they have right now in that stadium. And there's no telling where that baseball program is going. Well, that's, that's probably a good time to, to, to leave things right there, Chris. Uh, Ben's about to start crying. So, yeah, Chris, man, I guess I guess you'll be busy here the next couple of hours covering this Auburn thing, and and uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I'm getting on your private jet. I appreciate you letting me use it, Swain. I'm heading over to Burlington. Coaches meet, so I need to probably get off here and get over there to Cherokee. Well, I'll, and I appreciate you letting me use the, your your um, the uh, the premium your premium jet, no, not just no problem. Well, good luck playing peacemaker between you know Fisher, Jimbo, <laughs> and Lane. <laughs> Who do you think would win in a fight, well, Lane or Jimbo? Well, I'm just going to tell Lane he better not have brought golf balls and be throwing them at people. That's the first thing I'm going to tell him. Don't bring Tennessee into this. Yeah, we ain't got nothing to do with this, Chris. And I, what I am going to tell him, if you bring any golf balls, Wayne, at least bring some nice Pro V1s and not that range ball that he got nailed with at the <laughs> stadium. He's going he's to throw it at Jimbo? Jimbo, Saban, all of them. And, and Josh Heupel will just be sitting in the corner, minding, a, minding his own business, not saying a word. You know what Josh will be doing? He'll be sitting in the corner drawing a ball plays for next year. That's right. That's right. That's right. Or thinking about how to go faster since they only run eight plays. <laughs> that's that's right that's right all right CeeLo man thank you so much for for your time man we'll be paying attention to uh your Twitter at CeeLo ESPN to see what's going to going to happen there at Auburn and also um keep up with SEC meetings you bet guys I always look forward to catching up with the uh, with two of the best you guys have a great day hey thank you my friend you too Chris Lowe ESPN We'll take a break and come back and get to the text box. I think we need to put that in the intro. Two of the best. Just clip it right there. Throw it in the intro. I think he's biased. No. I think he's being biased, but that's just that's just that's just me. Eight six five two hundred fifty five oh three. Be right back. Hour 3 of the Swain event is brought to you by the Low T Center and LowTCenter.com. Do you know your numbers? Feel like you again. Let us help. Is that as low as you can go? Okay, thank you. 
Hello, is that as low as you can go? Okay, thank you. What are you doing? Calling around to get the best rate on a car loan. Why? Everyone knows Alcoa 10 is the best choice to purchase a vehicle or refinance your current loan. And with low interest rates and 90 days to your first payment, it's a no-brainer. You can even apply online and sign all the documents from the convenience of your home. Yeah, I don't know what I was thinking. Alcoa 10 Credit Union. It's so easy. Go to ATFCU.com for details. Rates are dependent on credit score and equal housing lender. When you start your own business, you know that branding can make or break a new venture. That's why Swain Event relies on 42nd Street. 42nd Street is a strategy agency focused on finding creative, open-minded, results-driven solutions to brand design. After over a decade of operations in East Tennessee, the brand architects at 42nd Street have the experience and creative know-how to ensure the success of your business branding, logo, web presence, and more. To see a real-life example of their amazing work, you can check out our website at SwainEvent.com. Don't trust the branding of your business to just anyone. Check out my friends at 42nd Street online at 42ST.com or give them a call at 865-382-7007. 42nd Street, brand, strategy, design. Fellas. When it's time to freshen up that wardrobe, there's only one play to make, and that's to go see my friends at Mark Nelson Denim in downtown Knoxville. Find the latest in small batch denim in the heart of Knoxville. Denim isn't all they do though. Mark Nelson also does custom suiting and blazers. Let your personal style shine with Mark Nelson. If you don't have time to go shopping for yourself, but still want that fresh look, then sign up for the NN Society. Let the experts handle the shopping and get $300 worth of merchandise for just $150 every other month. That's six times per year to keep you looking styling every day. Let Mark Nelson Denim help you be the best you. Because when you look good, you feel good. Go to MarkNelsonDenim.com. Top 100 Barbecue Restaurant Dead End Barbecue is a no-brainer when you are craving the smoky flavor of quality Q. Dead End makes it easy to enjoy their fantastic menu with online ordering from Chow Now for pickup. Or if you don't feel like leaving the house, then have Dead End Barbecue delivered right to your door by Loco Knoxville or Bite Squad. Cheer on your favorite team with the best barbecue around. Check them out online at deadendbbq.com dead end barbecue the search is over if you want to get in on the conversation call the iris networks hotline at 865-200-5503 grow your business with iris networks high-speed fiber internet irisnetworksusa.com good morning swain event crew the new year is here and it's the 2022 east tennessee real estate season as i always do i'm going to shoot straight with you if you have a home to sell then you need to give me a call asap Inventory is low, and I will get you the most money possible and more than you think trying to sell it on your own. If you are a seller that also needs to buy a home, you need to call me ASAP, as there are ways I can help you manage that situation and stay in your home until we find what you want. If you are looking to buy, you need to call me ASAP. You absolutely need someone on your side to help navigate the current waters, and you need someone that's going to do their homework and find homes that aren't on the market yet. Bottom line, you need to call me today ASAP. Jennifer Morris, Keller Williams Realty, 865-257-7897. If you are buying, selling, or considering investing in real estate this year, or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com. I hope to hear from you soon, and go Vols! JC's Tree and Landscaping Service specializes in quality tree work done at an affordable price. Trimming and removing trees are their specialty. They also offer other services like land clearing, 
stump grinding, crane services, and all of your basic landscaping needs for both commercial and residential. JC's will give you a free estimate and beat any written quote by a competitor to guarantee that you get the lowest price around. Don't risk your land with a fly-by-night service. JC's Tree and Landscaping is licensed and insured. Give them a call at 865-599-3799. Litter is a big problem in Tennessee, but together we can do big things. We can make our cities, our waterways, our roads cleaner and safer. The Tennessee Department of Transportation is committed to reducing litter in our communities, but we need your help to do it. There are over 100 million pieces of litter in our roads at any given time, and it costs TDOT about $19 million a year just to clean it up. The first step to keeping Tennessee beautiful is to rally behind these three simple words. Nobody trashes Tennessee. Join the Nobody Trashes Tennessee movement at nobodytrashestennessee.com. We're here with Dr. Michael Carlson of Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine to discuss PRP, platelet-rich plasma. If you have orthopedic injuries such as shoulder pain, knee pain, Achilles tendonitis, or tennis elbow, you should give them a call. Good to be back, Jason. We specialize in non-surgical orthopedics, so we treat damaged tendons, ligaments, and joints, including rotator cuff injuries, knee injuries, and elbow and foot problems by using ultrasound-guided injections with PRP. And this form of treatment helps stimulate the body's own reparative process and assist in the healing of damaged tissue. Doc, what makes your training different than others? I've been practicing in Knox Hill for over 26 years, and I'm certified in interventional regenerative orthopedic medicine through the American Academy of Orthopedic Medicine. They've been the leader in this form of treatment since 1983. I also teach this form of treatment on a national and international basis to other physicians, residents, and medical students. Here in our clinic, I'm the one doing the procedure, and we're using your own PRP, which are concentrated platelets, to treat your injury. So in other words, Jason, it comes from you and it goes back to you. So you know exactly what you're getting and know exactly the level of training involved. Do what the pros, college athletes, and I have done and visit them online at trsportsmedicine.com. Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine, East Tennessee's leader in PRP therapy. More and more Tennessee businesses are switching to Iris Networks for reliable, local, high-quality, high-speed business fiber internet. Iris provides direct internet access from 10 megs to 10 gigs with no payments for 90 days. Iris also offers next-generation business phones with work-from-anywhere capability from the mobile or laptop app. With local sales, support, and service, Iris is a partner in the community. Learn more at irisnetworkusa.com or call 865-448-IRIS. Iris Networks, a Tennessee business connecting Tennessee businesses. Hour 3 of the Swain event is brought to you by the Low T Center and LowTCenter.com. Do you know your numbers? Feel like you again. Let us help. Hour 3, powered by Low T Center and LowTCenter.com. A lot of people talking about testosterone, but make sure you do your homework and go to a provider that you can trust. I recommend Low T Center. Go to their website, LowTCenter.com. Make your health a priority and schedule an annual health assessment. It's covered by most health insurance. 
for less than $100 for cash pay. Go to LowTCenter.com to book your appointment online. Low T Center reinventing men's health care. Let's go to the Iris Network's hotline. Turkey Man, good morning. Good morning, guys. Uh, I'm gonna be short and short and sweet here this morning. Uh, I've heard uh, I've heard you guys talk about our schedule will be easier this year, so we don't we don't know how good we're gonna have yet team wise because like you pointed out, we lost a lot. But in the SEC, how do you feel like the ones that we play? Uh, you think they'll be better or worse? I mean, for instance, you think Florida. Of course, we got beat by Florida. That's bad, probably a bad one to pick out. Do you think there'll be better Florida team than was this past year? Uh, so on and so forth. Do you think uh, South Carolina will be a better team than what we played last year? Uh, so that's kind of where I was at. Uh, we know that uh, we're supposed to have an easier schedule, or it appears to be, but how much better do you feel like the opponents will be? I get out of here. Talk to you later. Uh, I think I think the schedule overall will be easier. I mean, uh, Georgia won national championship, so uh, there's only one place for them to go. Uh, Alabama, I think they'll maintain and, and still be dang good. Who knows if they're a little bit better than last year, but they'll still be they'll still be good. I think South Carolina will be better. Uh, I'm not sure about Missouri. They'll be better. I, I would expect uh, that they will be a little bit better. Well, they have Kentucky, quarterback questions. I think Kentucky will take a slight dip. Um, Florida, I think will, I think we'll see the best Florida <laughs> beginning of the season, but overall, I think the, the schedule is is a little bit tougher. I think uh, it's about the same. Oh, excuse me, easier. I think the schedule overall is a little bit easier. I think it it's about the same as it was last year. Pitt, Pittsburgh, I don't think there's going to be as big of a drop off as people think. I, I know Kenny Pickett was a Heisman contender, but. I think Keen Slovis was good at USC, and I, I think he'll be able to slide in and, and be pretty good. They've got the Bolitnikoff Award winner coming back. I thought he declared. I thought he was a sophomore. Uh, I thought he won it as a sophomore. Maybe I'm wrong. Jordan yeah, Addison? Yeah, I don't, I don't think he's coming back. I thought he was coming back. I, I obviously could be wrong. Wouldn't it be the first time. But at SEC schedule, I think it's going to be about the same. Because I don't think he played in the bowl game. They played Michigan State. I don't think he. I don't I think he remember. played. I mean, they had super seniors. You had Pickett and and year. Addison. I, I don't see how Pittsburgh does not take a step back. So he um, was a oh, sophomore this past year. I, I, was he three years out of high school? Because you could nope. be a sophomore three years out of high school and still go. This past year was his second year. So I guess nope. he has to come back. They'll. They're. They're not going to. Just fold over is my, kind of my point. Yeah. Tennessee's not going to show up. better and, or worse? Are they going to be better or are they going to be worse? Got to kind of answer that question. I don't know. Yeah. You you would assume worse because of Kenny Pickett, but I'm not as familiar with the rest of their roster. Yeah. I, I'm not going to go through every team in February. I said we should. And say and which, team is better, which team is going to be better or worse. I just think the overall record, excuse me, the overall schedule should be easier. Because you played Ole Miss, who had the best season in program history. You played a Pittsburgh team that was conference champions. You had you played the national champions, and you played the team that played the national champion uh, in Alabama and Georgia. But I want to go to the text box before we wrap up today's show. Uh, we were talking about Bayless and being able to you know, replace his production. 
JL says, I know I'm going to take a lot of heat for this, but Kate Mays will not be that hard to replace, Ben. He wasn't all that. He played okay, but nothing the level of what everyone thought he could or would. Like the bottom part of the, that, that statement, did Kate play up to what we thought he could or would? No, because you know, people were talking about first round, second round, performance from K this season and didn't didn't get that. So that's fair. But K allowed this team to have versatility because he could play guard, he could play tackle. Um so he was like he was good and he was a valuable piece. K is gonna be difficult to replace. And I think he will be hard to replace. Uh so JL saying two different things two different parts with two different takes in, in one statement. I agree with the second part. I don't agree with the first. And then uh, talking about JL also mentioned Bayless. Says that Bayless had, just had potential before his before this year. He only had 22 catches before 21 season. Oh, JL, I know you didn't go there. Bayless showed in 2020 when he got the ball – that he should be getting the ball a whole lot more because of what he was doing in special teams. And every time he touched the football and kickoff return, because you know we had a lot of those because we lost and gave up a lot of points. Bayless showed in returns that you should give the ball to him on offense. And what did they do at the end of the season? Improves last year against Vanderbilt. Oh, they got, got, gave him the ball and he had over 100 yards. Bayless, at one point during the season, oh, what do you know? I have that write-up right here, December the 8th, UT Sports put out an um, article when Valus won co-special teams player of the year honors. Valus Jones. Valus Jones is the only player in the nation with 700-plus receiving yards, 500-plus kickoff yards, 200-plus punt return yards, he ranked third in, in the SEC in all-purpose yards, averaging 126 per game. So, this is this is this is what we like to tell ourselves when you lose a good player. I remember when Derek Barnett graduated or left, and folks were trying to lie to themselves, trying to say, "Oh, well, you know, we, you know, we'll be all right." You know, you know replacing Derek Barnett, you don't just replace great players like that. It's really disrespectful to what they did for you to just downplay their loss. Bayless Jones, one person, gave you 126 yards per game. One person did that. There's not a lot of people in college football that did what Bayless Jones did. That was my point. It, it's going to take two, maybe three people doing that. Bayless was a kick returner. He returned punts, and he was a wide receiver. It may take three people to replace that production. That is a, that is a significant loss. Now, you may get three people to replace that production. You may have one guy that's a kick returner, and he does a really good job. You may have another guy that's a punt returner. He does a good job. And then you may have a second receiver to Tillman, that puts up 700-plus yards. That's great. But that would be three different people replacing that production. 
and it points to Vela as being special. This is why he has a chance to play at the next level. This is why he was invited to the Senior Bowl. Admit, and it's okay to admit, that Vela is going to be hard to replace. Like, it's okay. You want to have players who are hard to replace after they leave. That means they left an a, a impact, or they had an impact, and had a good season. And Vela certainly did that. So I'm not on board with that one, JL. I ain't on board with that Bayless take. You can't try to you can't downplay his 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 impact. And it wasn't just potential in 2020. It was the lack of coaching of why he didn't do more because he showed what he can do all season long. They just didn't give him the ball. That's why they weren't successful on offense. All right. Beef on the four two three says hard to the Grizz. No. Do the Sixers win championship with that trade? No. You don't win significant things with James Harden. I would I would say Eastern Conference Finals. Bucks would beat him. Nelson says Nico on the jumbotron. That's that's not what he said. Got a word in there. Nico, I'm going to leave you. On the Chumbo Trump. We need to find a clip of Nico's last name being pronounced. Clip it. Add it as a hotkey. And every time we need to say it, just boom. Press the hotkey. And then we'll hear it more often. And then we'll learn it. I'll, I'll look for that today. I know Austin's done a video with him, so we, we can pull Austin if we need to. Yeah, I'll, I'll look it up today. And I have the rights to that video, so I, I give you permission to use it. I'll, I'll look it up. I mean, I just, man, talking about Valus, it's not to, Valus, it's not to, like, promote doom and gloom. It's to truly understand what a person did here. really grasp the impact that he had in the great season that he had. Like, Vegas had a great season. Not just good. It was, like, it was a great season. It really was. I, and, just, I just don't understand why you would be such doom and gloom and talk about this on air when Nick Saban's listening, when Jimbo Fisher's listening. Kirby Smart's listening, and they can take what you are saying and go negatively recruit Tennessee. I just don't understand why you would share these thoughts about Velas when when you know they're listening and they will use it to negatively recruit against Tennessee. I just don't understand. Media media impacts recruiting, apparently. <sighs> I hate you. I'm going to find some. I'm gonna leave you video clips to pull the audio and see and see if we can turn into a hotkey. So what you would say is I'ma leave y'all for the rest of the day. That's 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 what we're saying. That is what we're saying. 865-25503 is always in our, our number here to the Irish Networks hotline sweat event fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Woo! 
Wow, thanks to Chris Lowe for his time today. That is a wrap, man. Three hours are uh, officially in the books for the Thursday edition of the Swain event. Tomorrow, man, we put a bow on the week here. Thank you for making the Swain event part of your day. Good stuff here on the text box as usual from everyone. John K and ATL VFL, ball fan. My man Pitfall was back today. What's going on with Bumpus and Solomon? Bumpus is, is back. Solomon is gone. Are they working out with the team? Are they coming back? Any info? There it is. There it is, Ben. There it is. Have a great day. Swain event fueled by Dad and Barbecue. Peace and love. We are out.